Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. All I can tell you is there really has become the most angry, angry country that I've ever imagined. Everybody is angry and half of them are out of their minds. You know, obviously, all I can say about this Jacksonville shooter is how is it that he was able to legally purchase guns despite the fact that he had been institutionalized for mental health issues? I don't understand. I really don't. What kind of gun control are you talking about if we don't even have a system in place where someone who is held for mental health issues, institutionalized, you know, it's not like he just had like a passing examination. He legally purchased the guns despite being involuntarily institutionalized. This guy was a nut. No, we're not allowed to use that word. He was a maniac. But apparently... There was no flag that could have come up to stop him. So the guns that he used in the racist shooting were apparently uh, legally bought. I I just don't understand. Under Florida's so-called Baker Act, a person can be ordered to turn over their firearms and weapons and they cannot get them returned unless a judge restores their firearm rights. He was 15 when he was hospitalized. He was held for 72 hours and then released without further involuntary detainment. I'm so confused about this. I don't know if he had the weapons when he was hospitalized um, or if any weapons were ordered to be seized or surrendered, but apparently... uh, he did this. He planned this. This is so horrifying to me. When a person grabs a gun with hateful intentions, it's very difficult to stop them. And even if he had obtained them illegally, it's just very, very difficult. We need better mental health, no question about it. And we need, when people are identified in this manner, They need to be restrained and watched. You know, they were watching all of us based on our showing up at school board meetings. They were watching everybody who was in Washington on January 6th. They have the capacity to screen people all the time. But apparently, you know, you can't stop somebody from falling through the cracks. How on earth, though, you could hide a person who's doing such hateful things prior 
I mean, there's a whole manifesto. He's emblazoned with the uh, swastikas. Nobody, nobody thought like maybe we ought to call the authorities. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, I don't understand it. And now, of course, I have to endure all of this gun control conversation and try to understand why it was that this this lunatic's father waited until he was shooting to call the authorities. And I'm just, it just, uh, you know, the governor referred to him as, I don't even know if I could say this on the air, but the governor did, and we played it. He called him a scumbag. And that's the least of the names I would have applied to this, this Florida gunman, whose name I am not, I'm not going to ever say. Apparently the crowd booed the governor when he showed up at the prayer vigil. Because what? Like they thought this was okay with the governor? It's amazing. It really is. But, uh, you know, there we go. And uh, there's no excuse in my mind for a person with this kind of mental illness and history of mental illness and obviously current mental illness to be able to uh, obtain weapons. That's all. Doesn't change my mind about guns. Not at all. You know, this whole neo-Nazi stuff that's going on again in this country, I believe is a direct result of all the division of making people feel, you know, I did the uh, this week's No Restraint podcast. I talked about this guy who made this song, you know, the rich men north of Richmond that got millions of views. And he is, again, one of these forgotten men. This is the same emotional setup that got Donald Trump elected in 2016. There are people in this country who are just, they're weird. And then they're given like a license to be violent when there's so much division. They can barely handle life when it's going right. But they sure can't handle life when it's going as badly as it is for many of these people. So that's the new drama. And, and the idea that you have another incident on the University of North Carolina campus right now just tells me that, uh, that we, are, we are already in a state of, of war, of a civil war. I don't know. We we still don't know who that is. Um, Talil Key, who's a graduate student, is a person of interest identified by police, but I always hesitate to say, I don't know. He originally went to Louisiana State University and here, here's a kicker, and Wuhan University. Now the UNC hospital location is on lockdown in addition to the school And the governor, Roy Cooper, has said he's been in communication with authorities. Whatever they need to capture the shooter, he will provide. And they have a picture up of this person of interest. He is Asian, and he's still at large. So, uh, you know, listen, what's going on? 
I'll tell you what's going on. This is no healthy country anymore. This is no healthy environment for people to raise their families in anymore. You know, I have young people telling me like life has never been good for them, people in their 20s and 30s, that it's always been divided. It's always been a lot of conflict. That is not how my life was. And I, I feel somewhat guilty and somewhat responsible because my generation really put this in, uh, in place. And then, of course, I have this uh, doddering, virtually unintelligible president of the United States who's really one of these uh, pictures of someone who should be currently sitting in a rocking chair on a porch somewhere with his family putting his food through food processors. You know, I'm just going to leave you with that image. And he's going to be running against a man who's got like multiple uh, felonies that he's been charged with, who I happen to think has been horrifyingly abused. But this is, this is America today. All the polls that are coming out doesn't, doesn't look real good for these two guys. You know, I believe, though, that that forgotten man that is singing about the rich men north of Richmond, that they are going to ally themselves with the rogue. A whole bunch of videos this weekend that came across my feed of one started with a rapper, and then there were a number of other fairly young, I would say maybe from, they ranged in age from 20 to about 45 maybe, of, and then maybe one old African-American men saying that it was time to stop hiding the fact that you're going to support Donald Trump. And it was funny. Some of them were actually quite clever and funny and said, hey, look, when you get thrown, when you get arrested in Fulton County, you are now a brother officially, and we got your back. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, another, another bunch of forgotten men, you know, young black males who are struggling you know, the only defendant or co-defendant in this Trump case in Atlanta that wasn't able to make bail or get out on bail is an African-American guy. Talk about groups that are forgotten. So it doesn't surprise me at all that they would be drawn to Donald Trump. What's their choice? Joe Biden? Now Bernie Sanders is running into all these, uh, all these states where the early voting will take place, where the primaries and caucuses are going to take place. Bernie Sanders. This is the best that American, America can come up with in the Democrat Party, right? They want a, 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 an old white man. Is there any other way to describe Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders? Two old white men? He was in New Hampshire on Saturday, and that's, uh, that's telling because I don't think he went to New Hampshire for, I don't know, the, the state fair. I think he went because he's considering running. So you got the old and confused President Joe Biden, the old and crazy as a bed bug Bernie Sanders, and then you have the, let's face it, 
old Donald Trump, who about half the country think is think he's corrupt or dishonest. And those are the people that the the world is watching be the leaders of the two parties, the two major parties. I'm beginning to think that no labels party might have more uh, more influence than I used to think. We'll see. I don't know. You look at these numbers, a lot of negativity in the country right now. And if there's a lot of negativity, then uh, two things can happen. One, people become too disenchanted to even participate in our democratic process, young people in particular, or two, it really motivates the heck out of the base on both sides. And then you're going to have a lot of civil discord, which could in fact lead to, lead to civil unrest, which could in fact lead to violence. You know, the last thing I want to see is this country devolve into that kind of hateful, take it to the streets. But I don't know. The closer I look, the more concerned I get. This morning I went on with uh, my friend Sid Rosenberg in, on WABC in New York. And it was interesting because when I first met him, he wasn't doing talk. He was a sports guy. He used to be the sports guy in Imus. Then he got thrown off of that show. He came down here to Florida. He was a sports guy. And he kept coming on my show and I kept going on his show because I love talking about sports with a sports guy. And he loved talking about politics with a politics person. And he is now a very successful political and sport host when you get right down to it. Doing four hours in New York and morning drive, come on. It really, that's about the biggest accolade that you can get in the business. And he, you know, when he had me on today, he said it was people like me and there weren't many of us who believed in him. Well, I did because talent is always, talent should always win. That's all I'm going to say. And it did win in his case. But we were talking about what's going on in this country. And it's it's like stunning how two people like us, he's got 25 years in the business, I got 33 years in this market. We're like shaking our heads and going, how do you even keep a positive outlook when you see so much negativity all around you? When you take a deep look at what's happening and when you start to hear the voices of the forgotten men and women in this country, and uh, you know, and we're going to start with this uh, gun control debate again, and that always brings very, very rabid people out on both sides. So we'll see. You know, I, I'm not feeling enthusiastic today about the future of this country, but I do believe in the American people. I saw Judge Janine over the weekend. And when we come back, when I come back from this break, I want to talk about that. Don't forget to download the 850WFTL app or check in at the website, 850WFTL.com, so you can participate in all the cool contests and you can watch this hurricane. I also have to talk about that because lo and behold, I got some family right in the eye of what looks like going to be the eye of the storm on Wednesday. So I'm sure some of you do too as well. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back.
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So we do have a hurricane. I mean, it's a legitimate, big-time, Category 3, they're predicting, hurricane. Now, it's not, it just misses South Florida, which is nice for us, but uh, doesn't look good at all for the area around Tampa. And, of course, I've got family there. I'm sure other people have family there or property there. And... uh, it's going to be a major, major storm. Now, it's going to force the governor to take some time off from campaigning. But if it goes well, it definitely helps him because he's been good at national disasters. He's been right on the money. He's got another uh, opportunity with this whole COVID reawakening. Can you believe they're going to do that again? that they actually think we're going to comply? By the way, just so you know, all of the first 100 buttons have been spoken for. I have already addressed the envelopes. I'm just waiting for them to come in. So I ordered an additional bunch of buttons. So I just think there's a real need for you to express to all the people in your community, in your in your life, in your workplace, that you're not going to comply. Not again. The first time I made these buttons, I think I gave out 70. And I was thrilled that 70 people were going to wear them. I had gone past 100 in the first day. People are just not in the mood to be told that they have to shelter in place. When I think of all the things that we went through, Do they really think we're going to do that again? They're going to mandate masking? If they dare try to shut down the schools. I know they want the population to be stupid. But our children cannot afford another year on Zoom. And our children are not at risk. Even with the new COVID variant, BS 24-7. You know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm just so completely angry with the way the press covers these issues. These are major issues, right? They will go absolutely berserk, and rightfully so, at the shooting in Jacksonville. It was a terrible, terrible event. And they will go berserk over the shooting in UNC. I don't even know if there are fatalities. I know nothing except that they have a person of interest they're looking for who happens to be Asian. So they'll have a field day again. They'll wall-to-wall cover the hurricane because they're already tired of the fires. You know, Maui is off the radar for the the, uh, people in the press. Imagine, they're still seeking out anybody who was in Washington, D.C. on the uh, January 6th 
They're still going through their phone records. They're still trying to indict people and throw people in jail. We've had people in jail for two years without any movement in their trial. And that, you know, they cover in absentia. They don't want to talk about those people. But they will talk about anything that makes them feel better. And for some reason, this... uh, Shootings make them feel better. It's horrifying to me. They will use this constantly. And now they're going to use COVID. I can see it all now. It's unfolding right before my very eyes. It's going to be mask mandates in all the colleges. That's where they always start because you got the stupidest group of people there, leading and the students. So that's coming. Then it's going to be uh, shelter in place. Then it's going to be shutting down schools and churches. Then it's going to be everybody has to take the jab. President Biden has already fast-tracked the booster for the variant, the new variant. Let me say this as clearly as I can. I will never take another COVID shot. Never. 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 Does that clear enough for everybody out there? You do what you want but I will never allow them to put whatever it is they call that manufactured garbage into me. Never. Not going to happen. I saw a funny thing from Alex Berenson today. He was called it Pandemia, the musical, or the mucosal. And you, you have to laugh. I mean, the New York Times just this morning had a headline, a late summer COVID wave brings warning of more to come. That was the headline. In spite of all the terrible things and the impending hurricane, that was their headline. He calls them the Covidians. He said the Covidians are like five-year-olds hanging on to their favorite stuffy. They know they're too old for Sarsi the unicorn. She's beaten up and filthy and the thread is hanging out and their friends are making fun of them for her, but they just can't give her up. Not with school coming. This is the musical. The Department of Pandemia made an announcement, and now Alex Berenson is writing Pandemia the Musical, Better Than Cats, Better Than E.T. It's funny, but it's not funny. It's funny, but are you going to fall for this again? Look, I understand if you're a a senior citizen with comorbidities, you might want to, you know, be careful. But I am not. I am a senior, but I'm not. I have no comorbidities. The only thing I'm going to uh, participate in is an election. And I don't know if I want to vote by mail. But I certainly do want to get my vote in. And I don't trust these people. I really don't. Here we go again. They, they always orchestrate to take a tragic situation, whether it's a shooting and turn it into a gun control debate or whether it's an election and turn it into nobody can come out and vote. So they all have to vote mail-in, which is rife with fraud. I'm getting a little tired of it. They can't even come up with new stuff. They just rerun the same garbage that literally is dragging my country down. So I did... uh, contribute to the Trump campaign. And I never contribute to campaigns. You know that. I mean, I not never, but very seldom. 
but I did. And I want, I want the uh, T-shirt with his face on it, with the mugshot. I do. Because I think it's going to be a very interesting piece of memorabilia one day. And so I, I, I did. I got the T-shirt. He's trying to raise his booking number is 231-3827. And he's trying to raise that amount of money before the month ends. Now, think about that. August is almost over. And he wants to raise $2,313,000, no, $2,312,827, because that's his number. That's the, he made this uh, his goal to close out the month. I decided to help him. And he always puts an addendum in his uh, emails he says, if you're doing poorly due to the sinister and corrupt people running our country right now, just hit the back button and go about your day so you don't have to contribute. Amazing. You know, he knows who we are. He, he actually knows who each one of us is in his own crazy way. And so that's uh, my prediction stands. It's going to be a real uphill battle for him. But I've never known anybody who fight harder than he does. And as I said to, today on, uh, on Sid's show on WABC in New York, I said, if it takes me going to jail with him, I'm going to be there. I got his back. And I'm not exactly fond of, you know, I like to go into jail to visit people, to minister to people. I don't really like being incarcerated. But if I have to, if we all have to, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. Obviously not really getting incarcerated, but I'm not. I am refusing to comply with any of this COVID nonsense. And they better stop with the Second Amendment trials that they keep doing, shutting down gun shops, making it virtually impossible for people to purchase ammunition online. This has got to stop. They, they know that they have picked a fight. Now we have to show them that they picked the fight with the wrong Americans. That's all. Those rich men north of Richmond, uh, they can, you know what I always say, here's my tuchas, kiss it. All right, let me take a break. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. So I guess they really had a tough time coming up with an I name for the hurricane that is uh, bearing down on the Gulf which looks like it will end up being a strong hurricane, a Category 3, when it crosses into the land. And you, know, you can't come out of the Gulf without hitting land. You're either going to hit Mexico or Texas or, of course, Florida. And then it continues on up through Georgia and then out to the ocean, apparently. That's the track that they're saying it's on right now. But these things... The, the the fact that this went from a tropical cyclone in a period of 24 hours or less or, or ended up becoming a tropical cyclone and now a hurricane, this was very quick, Idalia. So the least you can expect is you're going to have Cuba and the Yucatan Peninsula affected today. They have tropical storm watches and warnings with wind gusts as high as 75 miles per hour. And after that, Florida will be next. And I don't know. It went from a one to a three 
since I went to bed last night and woke up this morning. High risk of flooding, significant damage. Yesterday, I was kind of joking that Governor DeSantis had declared a national emergency. Well, apparently, he knew what he was doing. And that's going to be a good thing for anybody who's going to get hit because this is a rapid, intensifying storm. And that's at least how it has been thus far. And it's going to affect a lot, a lot of areas. It's so funny. If you look at the map of the rainfall anticipated, there's like this little carve out of Broward and Palm Beach County. That's just maybe we're getting rain. I'm getting rain right now, but nothing that looks as serious. If you're in Panama City, uh, then you have a problem. And Cedar Key looks like it's in, in trouble. But hey, what can I tell you? That's the kind of story that the guys on the station really run with. I heard uh, <laughs> Stephen and, and Bill this morning. Guys love them some hurricanes. You've just heard everything I've got to say about it. But I do want to tell you that I saw a story that really just, you know, Dr. Frankenstein would be proud of what's going on right now. The American Medical Association denies all science and ethics just to make sure that, that there are physicians in this country who are willing to experiment and butcher men and women and children who are suffering from a serious a mental disorder or mental illness, whatever you want to call it, like gender dysphoria. So they are literally trying to make more money on this, which is still pretty questionable. Instead of treating gender dysphoria, the medical establishment promotes it. And, and they try to get people as quickly as possible into these irreversible hormone treatments, into castrations and into mutilations. How did that happen? You know, if you're quiet about that, if you're silent on this, then you're complicit. What happened to your sense of morality and decency? What happened to doctors saying that, you know, we will do no harm? There's an article in the American Medical Association's Journal of Ethics suggesting that taxpayers should pay the bill for biological men who choose to get a uterus transplant from dead women. Doesn't that sound like something out of a Frankenstein movie? But the AMA says there are no moral or ethical reasons why you and I shouldn't pony up our taxpayer dollars to help transgenders improve their mental health. The taxpayers should also pay for facial and other cosmetic surgeries to help a man feel and look more like a woman, along with procedures that would allow men to actually menstruate or gestate children. Birthing people... This is a very dangerous proposal. As Dr. Martin McCary, who's a professor at John Hopkins School of Medicine, said to the uh, examiner, the Washington examiner, the AMA has chosen these activist positions on a very delicate topic. Why don't they fund a study on the 10-year regret rate of children who undergo transitioning surgery? What is the suicide rate among those who undergo aggressive hormone or surgical treatment versus long-term talk therapy. You know, I had this discussion with my, with my daughter when I was out in San Francisco because she's a psychiatrist. And I said, don't you think that maybe we've really rushed into this? And she goes, well, you have to understand that there were significant studies done 
on the preponderance of suicide of these gender dysphoric people. I said, but how many gender dysphoric people were there prior to 2020? Because, I, you know, you very seldom heard about it. I heard about it. I knew uh, transvestites. I knew trans uh, people who wanted to, you know, transgender. But it was like two. Two out of everybody. Now it's like 20 in the average high school, you know, classroom. How does that happen? And if it is really happening, shouldn't we be looking at diet and environmental causes? Instead, they're looking at what kind of surgeries. They're looking at making children infertile for the rest of their lives. They believe that a child can pick a gender like they pick their favorite flavor of ice cream. And there's no scientific support for that. So much for the Hippocratic Oath. First, do no harm. Well, they don't take that anymore. Now they do uh, justice. We need justice, medical justice. So I love the fact that uh, Donald Trump's not going to go for any of that. He's not. In his uh, Agenda 47 video just a couple of days ago, maybe it was Thursday, he said he's going to rescue American cities from the scourge of homelessness, the drug-addicted, and the dangerously deranged. You don't hear anybody else talking like that. He said, our once great cities have become unlivable, unsanitary nightmares, surrendered to the homeless, the drug addicted, and the violent and dangerously deranged. We are making the many suffer for the whims of a deeply unwell few. For a small fraction of what we spend upon Ukraine, we could take care of every homeless veteran in America. Instead, we treat our veterans horribly. And what is this? He wants to work with states to ban urban camping. Hallelujah. Somebody has to say it. He wants the violators to either receive treatment, treatment and rehabilitation or go to jail. He says, when I'm back in the White House, we will use every tool, lever, and authority to get the homeless off of the streets. We want to take care of them, but they have to be off of the streets. There is nothing compassionate about letting these individuals live in filth and squalor rather than getting them the help they need. They need professional help. And so he says, when I get back to the White House, I'm going to open large parcels of inexpensive land. I'm going to bring in doctors and psychiatrists and social workers and drug rehab specialists because the rest of us should not have to step over piles of needles and waste as we walk down the street in San Francisco or LA or New York or any beautiful city that's changed so much over the last 10 years. That's what we need. We need somebody to come in and clean it up. What is this tent city stuff? I see it up there in Palm Beach. I went up to the studio the other day. They got a tent city on 45th Street. Like, what is that all about? Maybe they ought to start thinking about, uh, you know, ending this mass unskilled migration at our borders, putting an end to the endless flow of money to the Ukraine. Look, I'm sympathetic. I don't think that they should have been invaded by Russia, but we're now over a year into this and it doesn't look that good. Maybe we should have just provided them with the resources and they needed to just hunker down. You know, if we have to uh, shelter in place, maybe that's what we should have told them because our once great cities are now unlivable, unsanitary nightmares. He's right.
and nobody helps them. If you're an addict with a substance abuse problem, somebody ought to help you get off the street and get some treatment. And for those who are severely mentally ill and deeply disturbed, let's go back to the days when we did have mental hospitals where they could be safe. Not uh, Willowbrook. Stop with the nightmare stories. But treatment. We have modern versions of treatment. And we ought to make it available. But of course, we have too many other things that we have to do, like uh, green energy and like funding wars all over the place. How's that working for the people in the Middle East, for instance? It's not. Anyway, France has now banned girls from wearing abayas in their schools. You see, what ends up happening is people begin to get frustrated and tired of all this. And that's what uh, you get. You get bigotry. You really do. Joe the plumber, Joe Wurzelbacher, who was a big part of John McCain's campaign, has just passed at age 49. I had him on the show um, years ago. He had announced back in the beginning of the summer that he had an aggressive form of pancreatic cancer. So you see, life can be very short. And moments of fame may be all that's left of your life. Moments of displeasure, that's what you don't want. Anyway, let me take a final break. Don't forget that after me is Eric Erickson. And then we start with the evening guys. We have Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, overnight guys. And then Jen is back tomorrow morning. So it'll be Jen and Bill in the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade, followed by Dan Bongino, followed by Joyce Kaufman. Sounds like a great lineup to me. Don't touch that dial. All right. All I can tell you is that there's so many weird stories out there, and I probably should do a weird story just to get our heads off it, but I can't because I just see that they have set the trial date for the election trial, the national trial in Washington, D.C., where a prosecutor who makes no secret of the fact that she hates Donald Trump and a special counsel who makes no secret that he hates Donald Trump and basically every other Republican who's ever breathed. Some Republican activist in New Hampshire got stabbed to death, but I don't know the details. I'll see if I know tomorrow. I'll tell you, I do have Matt Gates on tomorrow and I have extremely uh, mixed feelings about Matt, but he knows that. I've uh, been you know, up close and personal with him at a couple of events and you know, he's just a, a he is a firebrand, but he's also can be kind of nutty. But he's coming on tomorrow at uh, 3.30. But they just decided that the presidential case will be set for March 4th, according to U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee. Well, they always say if it's a Trump appointee, so why can't I say that? The question of whether Mark Meadows, the former chief of staff, may transfer his election-related charges from state to federal court was being discussed in a separate hearing that was taking place in Atlanta this morning. Now, according to the polls, uh, Donald Trump is the current leading favorite to win the Republican nomination, and the D.C. trial will begin the day before Super Tuesday's primary. No, they didn't set this in motion deliberately. No, no, there's nothing to see here. 
just uh, keep your eyes on the shiny thing. Oh my goodness. Uh, her intention was to keep politics out of this. How does that, how do you keep politics out of this? Good luck, Miss Chutkin. Anyway, Matt Gates also brought up the fact that she loudly criticized the Capitol disturbance while openly supporting the Black Lives Matter riots. So I will talk to him about that when he's on the show tomorrow. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us, well, those are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And uh, I thank you for listening. Please pray. Pray for this country. We're in a terrible, terrible downward decline. And pray for Donald Trump because I don't put anything past them. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.